You're listening to the Cars of Carlisle Network, podcast episode number 130, featuring the newest exhibit at the AACA Museum in Hershey, PA. Yeah, it's got a Hemi. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, the CFC team reports from the spectacular AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania, bringing you a behind-the-scenes tour of the Hemi exhibit. It's understandable to associate Hemi with Mopars, but in today's episode, AACA Museum guest curator Bill Sangri takes us on an audio tour of the history of a wide variety of iconic vehicles designed with hemispherical combustion chambers. This unique exhibit is available to enjoy until April 23rd, 2021. Come check it out. So, let's get revved up. Hello and welcome back, Cubers, to your favorite informative automotive podcast. I am your trusted host, Darren. As always, it is amazing to have you back with us again this week. We appreciate your dedication and the fact that you keep coming back week after week. Thank you so much. Can't believe we're already up to episode 130. Remember, this is your podcast. Together, it's all about car community, car culture. I was honored this past Wednesday night to be invited to the AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania for a private tour of the latest exhibit, which they've entitled, Yeah, It's Got a Hemi. As you'll hear in this week's episode, AACA Museum guest curator Bill Sangri will take you and myself, will take us all on an uh, audio tour walking through the museum and uh, talking about the display vehicles and, and the cutaways and the engines that they had there. And we'll actually go through a, a bit of a chronological order. Through the Cars of Carlisle podcast each week, we try our best to bring you new knowledge while at the same time balancing that with meeting great new people that are in our hobby and in this industry while simultaneously having a lot of fun along the way. And true to that aim, uh, in this week's episode, you're going to hear from Bill and how the AACA Museum researched the automotive history books and checked all over the, you know, everywhere they could uh, with global OEM engine specs. And, and they have found that hemispherical head engines were built in seven different countries. So beyond the United States, six other countries produced hemispherical head engines. Those included France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. And the OEM marks themselves include, but are certainly not limited to, uh, some of the I have here to share with you, Alfa Romeo, Aston Martin, BMW, Chrysler, Dodge, um, Mopar, of course, Ferrari, Ford, Jaguar, Peugeot, Porsche, Renault, Saab, and Toyota, just to name a handful. And for us, we just uh, really encourage you to check out this display I support the AACA Museum. Like all businesses during the, the pandemic, they have had some challenges and, and certainly they're doing all the right things as far as social distancing and making sure that keeping their guests to the museum very safe. But definitely take your friends, family, car buddies, head out to Hershey, Pennsylvania, see the Yeah, It's Got a Hemi exhibit in person. It'll be open until April 23rd of next year, 2021. By the way, have you had a chance to subscribe to Cars of Carlisle? If not, please do. You will have this queued up and ready to go for you each and every week. And if you feel we've earned it, if you could rate us five stars on iTunes, leaving a positive review, all of that will help considerably. Why not even share us with your car clubs, your car friends? Uh, we just invite more and more people to be part of this community, and we appreciate all that you do to help us uh, keep moving along at full throttle. So let's take a moment here to get into this week's trivia question. Actually, I have a bonus for you. In talking to Bill Sangri, I had asked him what he thought would be a great trivia question. He came back with three. And I thought, well, since this is a bit of a, I learned a great deal in my, my visit with uh, 
Bill and the AACA Museum and Jeff Bleemeister, the executive director, actually spoke with us briefly. You'll hear that in the interview. I decided to use all of the questions that Bill helped write uh, along with the, the answers to those because Bill has been doing extensive research on hemispherical combustion engines and I figured uh, these would be well-documented uh, and researched questions. So here we go. Question number one, what are the three characteristics of a hemispherical head engine? Question two, when was the first hemispherical engine vehicle produced and what brand of automobile was it in? And what is the Hemi called in Europe? We'll have those answers at the end of this episode. So it's time. Let's go to the AACA Museum for our special access after hours tour of the Yeah, It's Got a Hemi exhibit with guest curator of the AACA Museum, Bill Sangri. Hello, Cubers. We are at the AACA Museum in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and really encourage anyone that's in this vicinity area, please come on out, support the AACA, and, and visit. Uh, a little bit here, we'll have the executive director, Jeff Bleemeister. He'll tell you a little bit about what's happening. But Bill Sangri is a longtime friend of the Cars of Carlisle podcast. Bill, thanks for making staying late tonight to be here to give us a special tour. My, my pleasure. My pleasure. It uh, means a lot. No, it means a lot to me. I really like the people that come out. The the, uh, the oldest car in the in, in the Hemi display. Well, and I, let me just start right there too. You are a volunteer. I'm a volunteer. In an unpaid position, and you are the guest curator of this right. exhibit. Right. And you've been working on this for 14 months. I actually started in February of 19. Okay. All so right. it's it's almost well, and we opened it in September. There you go. We opened it to the public. You know, we started putting cars in. But you but put the, so much hard work into this. And uh, and. and yeah, and it, I'll admit there was a lot, a lot of time, a lot of time spent, a lot, a lot of phone calls. As I told mm -hmm. you earlier, I met all these, virtually all these owners, virtually, mm -hmm. uh, through emails and text and and phone calls and stuff. And it was just a, that was the best part of this thing was meeting all those mm -hmm. owners. And you'll see as we go through mm -hmm. that are some pretty, pretty significant cars here and pretty oh, significant yeah. names. So and but along the way, some of the discovery was, oh my gosh, uh, we actually have a couple of Hemi's in our <laughs> in our collection, and the first one here, and the room we're in right now, has a uh, 1914 Stearns Knight, which, uh, as I was showing you a little a little while ago, on the cutaway engine we have this car, uh, it's got it's a sleeve valve engine. It doesn't have overhead valves or anything like that. It has a hemispherical combustion chamber. Uh, and I'll put, you know, about the Hemi, what hemisphere means is half of a sphere. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case with the engines, uh, you know, but I prefer to say it's a portion of mm -hmm. the, of the uh, well, portion of a sphere. Mm -hmm. This car, it's out, of the out of the museum collection, it's a huge car. Uh, it's a 1914 Stearns, Stearns Knight. And to tell people about it, to move forward a little bit, Right behind it is a 911 Porsche, mm -hmm. which is quite a bit smaller. <laughs> very much so. Very much, very much so. But it's a 72 Targa. Mm -hmm. It flat is six, right? flat six, horizontally opposed, mm -hmm. and air cooled. And to our Porsche friends out there, and we want you to come. Mm -hmm. They were all Hemi's. You may Absolutely. not realize that, but right. they were all they were all Hemi's. And that's the teaching point of this display. Is People hear Hemi, they think Mopar, mm -hmm. and over half the cars in this display are not mm -hmm. Mopars. That's it. And so, and so some, I encourage people, you've yeah, got to yeah, see some of these amazing yeah. examples. And if we turn around and we're looking at a, a Daimler, uh, 67 I believe it is, uh, that has all the markings of a Jaguar Mark mm -hmm. II sedan. Mm -hmm. It's a standard shift, and it has a 2.5 liter Hemi engine in it, overhead cam. Wow. Uh, in in Europe, they don't use the word Hemi. We do. That was something that in the U.S. particularly Chrysler did. They use the word crossflow, yeah. which is a better description of it, of the Hemi engine, because with the hemispherical combustion chamber, you have to incline the valves to even get them in there. Mm -hmm. The valves are not in line. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the valves ports uh, uh, points towards the intake. And mm -hmm. the other one points towards the exhaust. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, the engine has to work less hard to draw it in and push it out, and therefore efficient. They're at more power. True. It's more efficient. It's more power. It doesn't have to work as hard. Yep. 
So when those valves are inclined like that, and you typically see that on dual overhead cam engines from Europe, mm -hmm. and I would point out that you see a V8 looks a little different than uh, a four-cylinder or an inline six. Mm -hmm. uh, we were out in the lobby a little while ago, and we have a Jaguar uh, uh, E-Type 69. It's a six-cylinder, and it's it's a it's a Hemi. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's it's got those same characteristics <laughs> of the spark plug in the center. A hemispherical or a portion of a sphere and the valves pointing away from each other mm -hmm. so we'll have more to say about that as we come back excellent uh, and i love the porsche i hope our porsche friends come to look absolutely at it. everyone's encouraged it, it's hard to see because most of the engines right hidden. right but this is very representative of the the air-cooled era which mm -hmm. is great yep yep and we'll tell our visitors there's a there's a write-up for each one of the cars. Our next Did you car, do a lot of the authoring on those? Basically most of it. Well, most, of, most of it. Uh, that's a whole thing we could get into. But it came, I got the story of the car from the owner. Right. That's what I wanted. You had to distill it down. Though, so. well, I had to distill it down. But I wanted, what, what was unique about this car? Mm -hmm. We're standing here in front of my Chevrolet collection, uh, connection, pardon me. This is a Saab Sonnet II, mm -hmm. a 1967. And it's a three-cylinder, two-cycle. And I kept saying to my guys, no way! Well, yes, it doesn't have any, doesn't have any valves that are leaning out. It's got a flat three-cylinder head. And we have a head over here in the, the display cabinet that's separate mm -hmm. so that people can really see it. But it's probably the truest Hemi that we've got in the in here because you'll see a two-inch ball sitting in there <laughs> and and it's a hem it's a half a sphere yes it that, is. It, that has a half a sphere <laughs> with a center mounted spark plug mm -hmm. so the red mm -hmm. ball the, the little red ball comes up that was pretty clever plug. how you did that that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty good it's a two-inch squeeze ball yep works perfectly we have cabinets that have parts in them i pointed out to you a little bit ago that we've got a entire bank of, of a porsche three porsche heads bolted together mm -hmm. as one bank uh, we have a collection of uh, valve covers from from Chrysler, Chrysler Hemis, and then a collection of motorcycle heads and mini bike heads. Some, yeah. some of those are mini bike heads. We have a 392 Chrysler first generation head that's been cut in half uh, by one of the one of the owners. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so that you can really see what that that hemispherical head looks like. Wow. And we're standing here in front of. My, my four engine stands. Yeah. Four four engine stands, and from the uh, from the right, when you see this, uh, is a highly restored, over restored, customized 2.5 liter V8 Daimler engine. Mm -hmm. uh, you pointed out a little while ago that the intake is a little bit different than what's on sure. the stock car. It's got four carburetors. It's the so it's, it's it's this is not a stock configuration. It's a very beautiful engine. It have. is, yeah, but there's nothing stock appearing about Not, it. Absolutely nothing. It, as I pointed out, this engine has run on an engine stand, whether he puts it in a car or not, something else again. Mm -hmm. uh, this engine was not only in the Daimler sedans, but it was in the SP250. I didn't mention that. The sports car. Okay. Okay. And uh, the sitting next to it is the big boy. Uh, the sign here talks about the big and little Hemis. The Daimler's two and a half liters which I guess if I did the math is about 150 cubic inches, I guess. Mm -hmm. And sitting next to it is a 426 Hemi that's configured right now as a, for like a 68 or 69 uh, Hemi with the air cleaner and some of the accessories Just on the it. the scale alone is really Yeah, helpful. when you see it, it's big. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've warned, warned people that don't move that. No. <laughs> you don't want to have that fall no. over. You don't want to have, to move the fall, no. have, have that fall over. Uh, next to it then is uh, a 392 cubic inch Chrysler first generation Hemi. Mm -hmm. I'll just add a little point there. The one way you can tell the first gen for, from the second gen, the 426, is that in the first gen, the distributor was in the back. Okay. And in, in the newer one, it's in the distributors in the front. So uh, that is that engine is actually the second 392 cubic inch uh, that uh, Chrysler produced that only went into Chrysler's like in 57 and mm -hmm. 58. Mm -hmm. There were many cubic inch size engines like behind us. There's mm -hmm. a sprint car with a 270 cubic inch 
Dodge. And that's physically a smaller engine, but there were 241s, there were mm. 331s, there were 342s, just a plethora yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. of engine sizes that were based off of these two basic blocks. Yep. So, uh, and I should say that the three basic blocks when you get right now, the first gens were a lot of different ones. The second generation, uh, there's only one, that was 426. Mm -hmm. that, and that's, that's what people expect to see here. Sure. Uh, and, and we will see them a little bit later on. So in the back, there's a, there's, we didn't talk about it earlier, but there's a photo back like there that, that shows. It's very helpful to see that. The, the, to see the incline valves, yep. the spark plug in the center, and the piston that's going up and down. Absolutely. And I encourage people when they come by to look at the cabinets because there's a, a lot of things in there that are educational value. Yeah, if you're anywhere near Hershey, you definitely need to make the trip. Uh, We're a 900cc BMW motorcycle. Yeah, uh, uh, R90S. Um, it's a horizontally opposed two-cylinder, mm -hmm. and it's a Hemi. And we've got a bare head out of one of those motorcycles here. This is a rare one with uh, the orange. I forget the, 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 I think it's Daytona orange is the mm -hmm. color of it. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful beautiful bike it really is and as we walk along, a prolific vehicle that i remember from my younger days we all you know i won't say what i how i describe this some people <laughs> describe it kind of enough you know right. but what we're looking at folks is <laughs> is a 1985 85 ford escort and it's Every, in that nice powder blue powder blue yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the amazing thing is when we we discovered this is a collection it belongs to the museum and it's a hemi and Ford built millions of oh, these yeah, things, yeah. and every darn one of them. They were in LN, uh, uh, LNXs. They Ubiquitous. Were, they were everywhere. Know, they were everywhere. Mm -hmm. they, there's all different kinds of models, and they all started this one. I think that's a 1.6 liter uh, in block, in block cam, mm. but it's a Hemi. <laughs> and people say, huh? I mean, I've had volunteers say, where in the world did you get this? <laughs> what do you mean? Why are you putting this in there? Well, it's a Hemi. Right. And it's it's a Ford Hemi. Yeah. My point is yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's not just Chrysler. Wow. Uh, we come down a little further, and there's a uh, we got a BMW shovel head mm -hmm. sidecar uh, bike. This is in the museum collection. That's on permanent loan to us. Uh, I don't have a head example of this. This is a VIP version that was driven by one of the uh, executives. Well, one of the employees that turned out to be one of the 13 that bought BM, bought Harley-Davidson. Mm. So, uh, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a motorcycle. Yeah, you right. Know, a lot of motorcycles. And as we come into, into the... the what the, part of the, this, the museum is this? This is, this the, is called the Miami scene. Gotcha. And okay. as we stand here and look, you'll see, uh, well, you know, the, the palm, the palm yep. trees and yep. the pink and the high-rises uh, hotels. I'm expecting hotels. a flamingo to fly by here. That's a well. There's a flamingo, but I don't want to say there's a, oh, there there's a yeah. pelican back there. But don't. We had a bad experience with the pelican. Uh, it fell over one time. Uh, it did, didn't do a good thing. Okay. But in here, uh, the, the feature in this area is we have a 55 tricolor Dodge Hemi. Uh, when I say tricolor, it's white over black over pink. Uh, one year only kind of thing. A car that I really wanted to have in here just because it's so unique in color mm -hmm. combination. Mm -hmm. Then we have a 56 DeSoto uh, Adventurer, which is a gold and black version. Mm -hmm. it, this one's quite quite rare in the fact that the, the owner calls it the sweep. Uh, the 56 DeSotas had a uh, design on the side, not unlike your, your, your uh, 210 Chevy, mm -hmm. you know, that you talk yeah, about. Right, right. But it went the down scallop the, and all that. The yeah. scalloping kind of stuff. And so this is a black top gold body with the black sweep on the side. That's really nice. A lot of gold appointments. The engine, you know, the Batwing air cleaner, you know, yeah. my yeah. goodness, it's all it's all there. Mm -hmm. Then we, we come to an uh, ordinary sedan, D500, high performance version, push button car. 57 Dodge D500 in pink and white, mm -hmm. and then well, then we'll move into another area here that makes a point. Uh, in the in this in this area, we've got a 1930 Duesenberg Model J, and uh, very impressive, very yes. impressive car. Uh, this is LeBaron Bonnie barrel side car for those who are one in, into that kind of stuff. But it's the 
This, along with two other two other cars that are here, they're not strictly Hemi's. They are four valve per cylinder engines, and there is just no way you can put four valves into a, a, a spherical combustion chamber and have them going anywhere other than mm -hmm. porcupine on you. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've got the Duesenberg dual overhead cam in line, but four valves. Spark plug in the, in the center, valves canned out, yep. so it's a cross flow head uh, in, in that respect, but it's four valves. And when you see ahead, and we've got a couple examples here, uh, our visitors will see that to do that, you end up having to do like make a tent. Yeah, it, it's, it's just it's, it's more not geometric. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's mm -hmm. it's not a sphere. It's mm -hmm. definitely not a part of a sphere. No. And that's what you find in the '99 4.6 liter modular Mustang Cobra that we have here. As you said, these are characteristics. These so. are characteristics, and all three of these cars, again, the Duesenberg, the Cobra, and the 1989 uh, SHO Taurus, which is in this. Uh, Jack or Jim Blackman Ford Motorcraft and the Teenage Ninja, Ninja Turtle. This is one of one of four yeah. Teenage Ninja Turtle Firehawk race cars. It's an interesting livery. It's, oh, it is. It is. And this is the way it was raced in the United States. Mm -hmm. It was done by Woodstock Motors or something like yeah, that. Yeah, see across the deck yeah, lid there. Yeah. So uh, a very interesting car. The owner autocrosses it and uh, tracks it today. Well, not not now because most of those sure. have, have been, but. If it wasn't in here, he'd be trying to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, we also display in front of the Cobra uh, two, two heads, and you can see the front, you can see the combustion chamber, you can see the, the back of the head, uh, the top of the head, which has the camshafts. So they're dual overhead cam, four valves per cylinder, mm -hmm. center-mounted spark plug, and I'm coming back to these teaching points right. about what it is. Because right. we're not to the Mopars yet. Well, we hit a couple of the Mopars. Mm -hmm. And I want people to see that. Then for the Taurus in our big, our tall cabinet here, we have a Taurus, completely restored Taurus head. So you can see that up close a little bit better. You and I didn't talk about this very much, but on lower level, we talked a little bit that this is a, uh, the one on the bottom here is an Aston Martin twin plug head. That means two plugs per cylinder. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, Pretty close to a true hemisphere. You can see the ball that's in there doesn't quite drop that's all right. the way down, right. but you can definitely see the twin. And uh, there were these were put on DB4 GT wow. uh, Aston Martins. Uh, here we didn't talk about it. There's a, a very a functional Alfa Romeo head. Mm. If people look carefully, they can see that of the four cylinders, each valve. Each valve pocket, I call it, I think there's actually a name for it. One of the valve pockets has nothing in it. The other valve pocket has the valve, the spring, the keeper, the shim, and the tappet. Okay. So if they spend a little time, they can, they can see what that is. And it's a cross flow. You know, there's a carburetor coming right. in one side, right. exhaust going out the other side, and they can see the chain that drives the two the two cams. Well, I know you're very tickled about the one on the top. <laughs> yeah, shelter. tell tell all my Mopar buddies out there. Hey, I went down to York and I bought a <laughs> bought a brand new Hemi in a box. Oh my gosh, where'd you find that? Well, I paid ninety nine dollars for it at Harbor Freight. <laughs> and and folks, <laughs> it's a Hemi. It it's an ax. Yep. It's an actual Hemi. It's a very shallow Hemi. Yep. Uh, yep. So like a five inch five inch uh, sphere, mm -hmm. which with only a little bit of it showing, but it is. Canned valves, spark plug kind of in the center. It's on mm -hmm. the center line, but canned valves, and, and, it's, and it's really spherical. Wow. And we're going to just take a, a quick pause. Jeff Bleemeister, the executive director of the AACA Museum, just caught up with us on our walking tour. Jeff, we want to give you a chance to talk. Well, and we know all the work that Bill's put into this since February of 2019, but just maybe just promotional talk about what's going on here at the museum, some events that... Well, I mean, in light of everything going on in the world that you're working on and that type of thing, but I want to give you this kind of a, in a, a mid-roll. Uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what's happening. Sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate the uh, chance to, have, to comment on things. First thing I want to say is last night the museum had its annual volunteer appreciation picnic, 
and that's something we typically hold indoors. We put it out in front of the museum last, last night. We had it before it got dark. And we had about 100 of our volunteers there socially distanced. It's one of the first things we've done since we opened back up again from the COVID crisis. And I wanted to comment that we give out several awards every year for different volunteer service hours. And we give out one very special one sponsored by the, the Pruitt family, the Pruitt Restoration Group. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the volunteer of the year. And this year's winner was the person you're, you're talking with here, Mr. William uh, Bill Sangri. And, and that, yeah, absolutely. He did well deserved. And that award is given to the person who's had the most impact on the museum during that calendar year. Mm -hmm. We have people who do all kinds of things that are helping all kinds of areas, but this is awarded for one year for the most impact. Bill's been with us many, many years, contributed a lot, but he really made a difference this year. Mm -hmm. well, this exhibit is incredible. It, it is. It, it, I, I'm, I'm proud of it, and, and everybody, all the volunteers, and everybody did, as I said to you before. Mm -hmm. You know, just a, I didn't do it alone. Teamwork, uh, dreamwork. It, 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 really, it really came out. really yeah. came out well. And I appreciate the support from Jeff and just everybody, you know, it just and the owners, particularly the owners. Oh yes, can't forget them. It, it, we have lots of good ideas here. It's hard to find people to actually implement them. And this is a case where everything came together well. You, know, you couldn't ask for a better operation. You know, we've we've been like a lot of museums. We've been hurt by the the crisis. We were closed over 100 days. We have our operating budget here of about $1.2 million, and we earn a significant amount of that through rental of the space for weddings and other events, and events that we hold here ourselves. Everything from Model T driving experience, where you can learn to drive a Model T. Problem is you can't social distance a Model T. It's a two-seater, and you can touch the other side with your hand. So <laughs> all those events were canceled. And you know, that's a small potatoes item for us. It's maybe $5,000 a year mm -hmm. in revenue. We still can't do it. It's on the calendar for next year, though. Right. And then we've lost bigger events like Autos and Ales, which brings in 900 people first Friday in November. Live music, it's a great way to get people in the door who maybe wouldn't be coming sure. here otherwise. Yeah. You know, spread the word, and maybe they'll come back. Unfortunately, can't do it. There's $30,000 No, we're not going to make. But, you know, we've worked hard. We One thing we've been very successful at is getting the word out about what we need. Our volunteers have come forward and helped us. Our friends in the museum family, we, every, we have about a 20,000 uh, person list that we send everything out to. I know you're on it for our emails. Course, yeah. We ask for people, hey, we can't earn our money this year, so why don't you join us, become a member, support us that way, and we'll pay it back to you with exhibits like this Hemi mm -hmm. that Bill put together, this Hemi display. Mm -hmm. And we had, in the midst of all this, we signed up almost 400 new members since Congrats. March. That's wonderful. So if you're out there, you want to support the museum, just spend $35, become an individual member, $60, get you a family membership, and you get That's all kinds of... It's a night out. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you get all kinds of... The whole year, you come to the museum for a whole year for, for free. Mm -hmm. See these wonderful exhibits, get access to our videos, all that kind of stuff for, for $35 or $60 a year, and it benefits the museum tremendously. So we need your help, and we'll give you something back. So please come and, and be a part of our, what we're doing here in Hershey. Outstanding. Well, in a normal year, we change the display twice a year. And I encourage people, if you haven't been here in six months, yes. come on back. There is something, something new. There's something different. Yeah, I learn every time I walk through the door. What's our next? We, well, we have we just installed four exhibits. The Hemi came out. You've already looked around. You saw we have a, our Williams Klein Gallery that we give to different automotive clubs, national mm -hmm. clubs. Mm -hmm. We have the horse the the uh, horseless carriage club in there right now. Mm -hmm. On Brass Era touring and, and and owning and operating Brass Era cars. Vintage Chevrolet is coming next in that. Is that the next? That's one? the next one for that room and followed by the Packard Club next fall. Good. But we also installed a roadmap gallery, a roadmap uh, display sponsored by the Roadmap Collectors Association. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we just do three, we have a mini bike exhibit. That's yeah. a whole segment unto itself. Right there, you can do a whole, a whole feature on just mini bikes. Sure, sure. And as Bill was saying, we changed the main exhibit twice per year. The next one's going to be uh, Keep on Trucking. It's gonna be an overview of uh, light duty pickup trucks. Okay, all right. I wonder how big you would go or how heavy duty you would go. So well, mainly light duty. Mainly light duty. Fit in here, so yeah, right, right. That's the thing. You know, yeah, you're not going to put a Peterbilt <laughs> and a Kenworth right there. So we like to have a, a feature exhibit during the summertime that can coincide with our summer show. That's usually mm -hmm. Father's Day weekend, and then you could bring your truck as the feature vehicle and get sure. a nice place to display it outside sure, sure. And, and ties in nicely with the exhibit. I like that. So we're looking forward to 2021 and hopefully some 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 restrictions being lifted on us and, and a better environment all the way around, an atmosphere to promote our product and get people in the doors. We're reopened safely, mm -hmm. but you know the numbers aren't there. People aren't coming out, right. and we want them to. And we need we need things to change, and we'll be here when they do. Well, the uh, website and just wherever the Facebook. I mean, if you want to give some of that out as far as where people can find you, if they are listening and haven't maybe even realized. Uh, oh yeah, we have we have a Facebook and Instagram presence. It's easy to find it AACA Museum and also AACAMuseum.org for our website. Okay, good, very good. Well, though, I mean. 
I know you're going to continue on the tour, but Jeff, thank you for catching up with us, and I want to definitely do anything we can to help you because obviously we're all part of the automotive family. Oh, uh, you're welcome. You guys are great partners, and we're here for you anytime. Just like you know, it goes both ways. So. Outstanding. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Sangri. Yeah, um, just we're at a point in the museum, and you asked me about the chronology of things. We're now getting into the kind of the newer things, but we'll go on. On our left over here, I know people can't see that, but we've got a collection. This is of, the, the well, kind of like in the drive. Uh, this drive is in the drive. This yeah. is in the drive. The drive-in. We have uh, four Hemi's from Europe. Uh, three of them are uh, UK. We have beautiful '55 XK Jaguar, no, just stunning. absolutely yep. stunning car. It is, uh, that, and that's a dual overhead cam, inline six. And it's a Hemi. Tuxedo black over red there. It's just, yep. you can't uh, help but notice that car. Ne next to it, we have a, an even rare, a more rare car, which was on my list of five cars I wanted to get. And it's an MG, uh, MG A, a specifically twin cam car, uh, built for about three years. This one has a racing history in the United States. Again, it's black over, over red. With the with the prince and donkey on the side, so, <laughs> right. so uh, and further down there's a black over black, uh, 60, 64 I think that is, uh, Alfa Romeo, that was a father and son uh, restoration done I think in Kansas City, it's now, the car now resides in in Delaware, uh, but it's an Alfa and the th th point about that is I think Alfa actually built that same engine that you can you can see over here in the cabinet. Mm -hmm from like in the 20s until the 90s. And the engine is virtually unchanged when mm -hmm. you get it. It's a four-cylinder, inline, dual-overhead cam mm -hmm. engine. And I, when I discovered that, it was holy mackerel. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's how far it goes back Sure, for a long time. And the, beside it, and I didn't point this out to you before, and we'll come back to this car in a minute, but this is worthwhile for you. And you may want to get a picture of it then. Mm -hmm. the, the Worldwide Hemis. We have a list list here of where they came from. And the question I like to ask people is, when was the first one and what was the brand? And I've had a couple of people come pretty close, but the answer is not a 51 DeSoto. The answer, as you see on this poster here, is France, Wow. Turn of the Peugeot, century. 1907, Peugeot Renault. And then I'll direct you right down here to the bottom. The Welsh. The, the Welsh, which is a, a Detroit car. Oh my. And 1907. Wow. Now, I think those were typically what they call monoblock, where the head and the block is cast together. Mm -hmm. But they're true Hemis, absolute true Hemis. Wow. So, that, that, it, and throughout there, you got Germany and Italy and Japan and Sweden. We don't have a Japan car here. I tried to find a, a Honda 9, 960, um, mm. Ferrari, Mondale. We won't go into it now, but I had a very interesting conversation with. A gentleman, retired retired admiral of, in the Navy, and he sent us a note to info at AACA Museum. He said, you forgot the Ferrari Mondale Series 2. Isn't that something? It, and now we've added the TR, uh, well, the 250 TR. But, yeah, and this, this man uh, bought the car in, like, 64 off of a Rambler. Uh, it was a 1965 car, or 1955 car. He bought it off a Rambler used car lot. And recently, he sold it out on the West Coast okay. for a little bit more than he paid for it. <laughs> you can look it up, folks. But it's a Mondale Series 2 Ferrari. It's a true Hemi. Well, Painted I... baby blue. Uh, so I've, that's another, another person that I've met virtually. Probably will never meet him together. He sent me a picture of him driving that car through the corkscrew, which wow. is on my bucket list. Yeah, sure. And then we have a whole list from uh, the USA and then that's back. That's Monterey, over, right? That's Monterey, yeah. yeah, Mon yeah, Mon yeah. Monterey, uh, Laguna Seca, or whatever yeah. it's called yeah. now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he drove that through there in 16 or something like that. Wow. So he said, never give up. You may get a chance. That's great. All the way down at the end, we have an AC Bristol, uh, which has a tie to the BMW. We have a 1937 BMW 328, and uh, the the engine in this car, and this is a 57 AC Bristol, 
is a, basically the same engine that's in the, year, the car from 20 years ago. This car I like because this is the chassis and body that became the Cobra. Correct. And when you walk, when you walk in here and look at this, well, that's a Cobra. Well, mm -hmm. it's got a mm -hmm. two-liter inline yeah, six-cylinder. there's cylinder. not a 289 in that. There's not a 289 in that, no. Very, very, I wish I had a picture of Valtrain. Very complicated, uh, very complicated valve mechanism because it's not an overhead cam. Mm -hmm. It's an in-the-block. So you have a push rod that goes up that operates, the, I think, the, the intake. And then you have a series of two push rods and bell cranks that operate the, mm. the exhaust valve. So very complicated engine, yeah. but very a very reliable engine. I was just going to ask you, would it be a cantankerous? Well, but I, I apparently pretty well worked out by the Germans. Okay, okay. Right. this one happens to be a British Wetworth version, but the one in the BMW. So, so now we're walking mm. into, I guess, this is the we'll catch motors used car. Yes, area. yes. The, the more modern stuff. To our to our left here, we have a all original '66. Uh, Dodge Charger, that's the slopeback car. Mm -hmm. That was the first year for the street Hemi, the first year for this body style. Mm -hmm. And this car has got something like 78 or 88,000 miles on it. It's never been restored. Wow. Uh, and you can see the dents and touch-ups in it. Sure, sure. Uh, it's an automatic car. We've got original paperwork on the car. I don't have a broadcast sheet, but I do have the window sticker, a copy of the window sticker and the write-up. And the typed up version of it so people can see let's see what $4,500 the engine option was $877 <laughs> so you can see that kind of thing that's so, really cool yep you know and all the other options that came in the neat silver over, over red which I think was on the brochure okay. the, the, the dealer's sure, brochure sure. as we move around here pardon me uh, in our Rocky Mountain scene, yes. we have as close as you can get to the James Bond car. It's yeah, a, I it's feel a, like uh... <laughs> it's, it's a silver, uh, but uh, left-hand drive Aston Martin DB5. Gorgeous, an absolutely gorgeous restoration uh, that I'm proud to have here. Mm. It, and it's That's just exquisite. It, it's yeah. just just perfect. And again, going back to that, the five cars. This is one of the cars that. I wanted to get that was hard to get because people wanted to drive them until COVID hit. That's right. That's and right. and the other cars we've got here are examples of that yeah. too. Um, from there, uh, do we need to go back over any of that? Nope, we're good okay. there. Okay. Um, we have another Alpha that's a 90. Yeah, no, that, that, that saw a lot of those in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, and I think, a, I think it's a 90. Yeah, it's a 90. This one's interesting because the the an earlier version of this was in uh, The Graduate. That's exactly It's a little Hoffman. bit yeah. Dustin Hoffman movie. Uh, the tale is a little different on this, but you know, Dustin Hoff Hoffman made this mm -hmm. car famous. The movie made this car mm -hmm. famous. I forget the year of the, the... I wouldn't even be able to venture a guess. Yeah, it, I think it precedes it by a good bit when you get right down to it. But we got a red over tan. 1990, and that makes the point. They were still using the same engine. That's right. Basically the same right. engine. And we, I mentioned it earlier, the 1937 BMW 328, two-liter inline. He's the president of the president of BMW Car Club of America. Yeah. Uh, owns this car. Uh, car Club of America Foundation owns this car. This, you know, the story of how I came to land this car. It just was a series of people that put me on the one lead after another, and and finally the Revs Institute. Um, the archivist down there, Michael Mitchell, is the one who said, well, you need to call this guy. Mm -hmm. And so I got a hold of this guy, and, and he brought the car here from Cincinnati, Ohio. So, I mean, I, I really mm. appreciate that. You see the leather straps are hanging oh, down sure. over the, hanging down over the uh, front fenders. And it's got a little patina on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he, he runs it in classic uh, vintage racing. So he uses the car. I'm not using it It's now. enjoyed, just like... Uh next door here and when you know and that's the point that's the point of these two cars very very different cars yes we got the lightweight BMW here which was a if you went back and looked at pictures of starting starting grids in the late 30s this is that's all that was, the, yeah. that, that's what yeah. was on the starting grid. yeah this I'll just add it and tell you this car before the war at its last race 
was driven from the race and put in an underground storage and covered up with chairs. That's the only reason why this, because then it was discovered after mm. the war was over. Wow. So it was hidden wow. and covered up with chairs and question about what kind of a building was in doesn't matter. Yeah, right. But sitting next to it is uh, the uh, Cunningham. Briggs Cunningham built 25 of these so he could justify his racing. Mm -hmm. And you've talked to Lance about oh, yeah. the number three you car. Better, you better the better. number three car was a, was a Cunningham car. This is a 1952 Cunningham, like I said, 25 cars, and it's powered by a 331 industrial version of the 331 Chrysler Hemi. Mm -hmm. It is one of four cars that has a manual transmission. Cadillac transmission. The other, the other 21 cars that were of this body style, the, the, the Cunningham C3 is what it is. Sure. Cunningham built other race cars and stuff. So it's uh, a really neat, has neat lines, really long nose on it. And then I, this, the, the, the chrome, what's now patinaed a little bit, that goes all the way back, yeah. all the way wraps around the car. Yeah, it's a cool. And it's a, it's a fastback coupe. You can mm -hmm, call it that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was driven by Briggs Cunningham, wow. John Fitch, who passed away a few years ago yes. and drove drove the number three car, the and Corvette on, car, yeah. you know that. Yep. And Phil Walters, who was a very accomplished racer back in the day. Quite the pedigree. And and, and, and Tom Cotter, who was the author of Barn the Barn Fine books, yeah. Barn Fines, yeah. yeah. So I was very honored that he uh, made this car available to us because frankly he couldn't do anything else mm -hmm. with it mm -hmm. he it was unavailable at first a year ago it was unavailable because he was going to race it and, one positive and, side effect of this whole situation yeah that's the positive side and yeah. and folks i'll tell you it's not restored no and he has it's enjoyed no, he has no plans mm -hmm. i actually had to open this hood and again to my detail guys point to the engine heart and i said do not touch it yeah so to say the carburetor air cleaners have patina it's probably an understatement, but it is driven and yep. it runs runs very well. He, he did a mechanical restoration on it. Very good. And you can see the racing belts in it. Sure. It's three speed on the floor kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it is a three speed. It's, it's all not synchro, not, not synchro mesh in uh, no. first gear. You got to really know what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, I've got picture here's where you're looking at a little while ago. It's a little hard to tell that in one of the cornering photos or corner. Smoke coming off the tire. He's got a, a nice left-hand drift. Yeah, yep. that's cool. Yep. You just got to come to the museum to see these things. It's just incredible. Well, Let now we're getting a little more modern here. A little more modern. This is uh, well. The first one is a '57 Chrysler. Uh, it was one of. I don't think I told you this before we walked through. One of two standard shift Chrysler 300 Ds. Wow. So it's a '58, and it was a land speed record car and we've got pictures of Bonneville, the, right? Bonne, Bonneville and El Mirage. Okay. All right. When you look at the car you realize well it looks like the front's been restored. Well it was so badly chipped up from those races uh, and the salt and, the, mm -hmm. and everything else the, the front clip of the car has been repainted. Mm -hmm. The eagle eye visitor will say well no that's got a dip that's got a fill tube for the transmission. A few years ago with, pre, with the man that owned it who bought it after it was sold had it for 50 some years and then he sold it in the, in, in this century you know like 2000 mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know 2011 or something like that but he at some point converted it into an automatic and McCandless who owns this the McCann this is out of McCandless collection in Greensboro they still have the original transmission and the and the linkage. And when if you were to look inside, the car's unrestored. It's worn, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. And standing here, you can see oh, the yeah. lake pipe cutout yes, coming indeed. out of the side. Yeah. So um, we know they roar. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of makes a lot of noise. this. This car had several different engine and intake arrangements on it. Originally, it was a two four car. Uh, they raced it with a three ninety. It's a three ninety two, as you saw over there. Mm -hmm. Kubik inch, uh, first generation. They ran it with two four barrels, I know, and they ran it with fuel injection. Wow. Uh, so, uh, and that, but that was a race prepared motor. This is the original motor that was taken out and the race prepared motor put in. And that's what they set all the all the records with. Driven by Norm Thatcher. Okay. And there's a cool cool picture here of it sitting on the back of a stake body truck, mm -hmm. and it just barely gets on the stake body <laughs> truck. It takes like, all of it. If it went down 81 today, it would get pulled over. No, it would right. get pulled over for an unsecured load. You got it. Then we have a 70 Boss 429. 
this car, this car was found on eBay in in Ireland. Oh wow! Taken apart, and, and the guy bought it, had it shipped to a restorer down in North Carolina, who mm. did all the work on mm. it. And in the process of shipping it, the container got lost for for six weeks. Oh wow! So he was frantic. Yeah, that, yeah. that's word. <laughs> uh, we got some support from Stetler Dodge, and uh, they brought brought up. This actually second car, they had an orange one here, uh, 2014. Well, they sold that over there in it, so mm-hmm. a week or so ago, they brought this black one up, black over red. Oh, really, really pretty car. It is. Pretty car. Good combo. Yeah. But when folks can see this and see how different the engine compartment is oh, sure. compared to the 67 Plymouth yeah, race now, car. Yeah, with all the shrouds. And... Yep, you can't, can't see much. Um, friend of mine restored this car i actually had i actually this had the, we're looking at 67 plymouth, 67 right? plymouth and this was what they call the yarrow 23. this car was built with the street street hemi that had some modifications to run i think it was run to run in beast B stock nhra and and i believe nhra refactored it to d super stock okay. and the, the car had a hard time competing in that it's it's a four-speed car they were all white over black interior uh, the only options you had was you want an automatic or a four-speed mm-hmm. and if you got a four-speed you got the Dana rear in it gotcha so uh, but this is a beautifully restored car I claim the fame of this is I had the opportunity to buy it 25 years ago and <laughs> didn't <laughs> and then uh, we have the 68 Roadrunner that has very few miles on it. I think it's like 17,000 or something wow. like that. Uh, un- unusual to see it. It's had a repaint, but if you look in the engine compartment, you realize it hasn't been restored in the engine compartment at all. Uh, it's an automatic car, black, uh, black vinyl roof over yellow, kind of classic, you know, mm-hmm. pipe and hubcaps. I saw the taxi cab interior there. And- well, actually, this is the upgraded. Oh, is it? Okay, okay, okay. The, okay. the base, base interior was really a taxi cab. Okay. I had one of those. Okay. I mean, rubber floor mats and just, well, for me, it was very, very good because I had young kids at the time. Well, yeah. So when they threw up inside the car, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> pardon me, folks. Pardon me, folks. <laughs> and, uh, this is a special one. This one is really special. This is another McCandless car. It's the... It's the 72 Demon that started out as a body in white, and they, uh, Herb McCandless and his mechanics totally built this car from scratch, starting, when I say starting from scratch, starting with a, a shell. Uh, and we have a video here that explains the whole thing. So I'd encourage to encourage people, this, this car is one car we don't touch, uh, but it is a... Hemi four-speed. He was known as Mr. Four-speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything on this car was lightened as much as they could. They had bolts that they drilled holes in. Mm. Just and and this car was dipped in acid. Mm. Uh, it, and Herb makes a comment: the only reason why they had any metal at all was to hold the paint. <laughs> and and when it came in, I, I think I told you earlier. When it came in, I, don't touch it. Right. So we put, put we put the go jacks on her and then stepped away and uh-huh. and they moved it. So uh, it, it's it's a unique unique yes, thing, and I encourage that people come here, look at this video because it really yeah. shows you what they did with this with this car. Well, just you you have to be in person to really experience and enjoy all of these. So there's only so much we can do through the audio side of things. Do you want to go out in the lobby? Yeah, then we need to go see this uh, black Cuda that I think we. Oh know well, we, we've talked about that before, so people will be. Oh no, it's not. It's that guy again. <laughs> it's still worth it. In in our in in the lobby, we've got five cars. Two of them have been in here for quite some time. When we reopened the museum, uh, I guess it was we opened in. Opened in June, and in early July, we brought in these two cars to preview. Uh, and the cars that are here, one is a Jaguar, uh, an E-Type, mm-hmm. which is a dual overhead cam, Hemi head engine. Mm-hmm. You know, those valves I talked about before, spark plug in the center. And, a, and it's a six-cylinder inline. You had asked earlier, is that a V12? No, the V12s were not Hemis. That's true. Okay. That was a good question. I didn't good think question. it through. I didn't think it through. Good, good question. <laughs> could have been. Could have been. Because right. um, we got, you know, if you had a V, it could be, but sure. they, they didn't do that. 
So we've got this, this red, black, XKE. And one thing I like about that, my challenge was, I can open up that hood, because mm. all the cars in here except one have, have the hoods open. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the whole point. I was asked, uh, what, you know, <laughs> they said, curator, what are you going to do? I said, well, if we don't open the hoods, there's no sense in having it. That's right. So this is We're probably featuring the, the, engine. Yeah. the first, probably the first display that we've ever had where the hoods are open. Mm -hmm. So folks, you'll see them. Yeah. And, and if you want to see what the car looks like, well, the hood's in the way. That's right. But this one with, the, with that huge hood on the front of the E-Type, when I open that hood, you can see the engine, even mm -hmm. though it's on the turntable. Mm -hmm. On the other side, on the other turntable, we have a... Uh, what I call an, it's an AC, uh, a, a competition coupe, I think is that what that is, but I called it an, uh, an alter. It's a front, front engine dragster with a fiberglass. It's like a rail job in a way. It, it, it's a front engine rail mm -hmm. uh, with a body on it, and that put it in the competition coupe or altered category. This is powered by a three, I think it's a 354 industrial engine again in the Difference about the industrial engine, I didn't know this, but the bell, a lot of the bell housing is part of the block. So okay. it, makes the, it, it, makes the engine, it makes the engine block very strong. Sure. Uh, and it also makes it its own self-contained wow. blow-proof. That's true. Uh, and this car, and the reason why I got it here, this, this car was uh, built and run by local guys out of York, uh, Nishwit and Barnhart. Uh, and was very competitive back in the 60s in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. uh, don't know it was a record holder or anything like that, but it's a local car, and I really wanted to feature, feature that. We also have two examples of engines here. We have an Arden, uh, I told you about a little before, mm -hmm. which is a flathead Ford with an overhead valve Hemi conversion. And, and what I like to tell people is that's one of my Chevy connections because the, the Arden is a... Marcus Duntoff, the grandfather go. of the Corvette, yes. he actually developed that head assembly in like 47 before mm -hmm. he went to, went to work for, for Chevrolet. Wow. And, and when you look at it, sitting next to it is a, a Donovan 417, uh, all aluminum block that was a nitromethane engine run by a, a team out of uh, Denver, mm -hmm. PA. And it produced all 1,800 horsepower. <laughs> I think today John Force gets that much out of one cylinder or something like that, pretty close. But when you look at it, you really look at the valve covers. Oh, hey, they're they're, they're kind of yeah. similar. Mm -hmm. You know, and this this produces. I don't. Know, the Arden produces like less than 300. I know that the, the other Arden we've got here in the High Boy High Boy Coupe. Uh, I mean, pardon me. Pardon me. The High Boy Roadster, the Ford Roadster, and. A little bit about that. It's a black right. 32 thir black 32 Roadster. It's and the provenance on this car is, is outstanding. Is it was the I understand it was the first car built by Gene Winfield in California for a customer, and the engine's been through a couple of different versions. Right now, it's running a late model flathead Ford uh, with the with the Arden conversion and a Scott blower sitting on it. And as I told you earlier. I just wish everybody could hear it. Mm. I mean, it is just music, uh, just mm. a beautiful music. And I hope, I know, I'm planning to have uh, Gene Winfield come back in the spring, and we hope to have him here and have it out and, and have so him special. drive and have yeah. him talk about how he did the car. And you were mentioning too that might even be a chance you can raffle or get a. a That's what I hope to yeah, do. Maybe get a chance to be a uh, right seat with him. Yeah, that, that I, I'm gonna. Do raffle a ticket, ten bucks. You know, yeah, be a limited yeah. number, but I'm really stay tuned for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm on on every one of the tickets that is a 32, zero 32, one 32, so there'll be five of them. And mm -hmm. next, you can pay a little bit more for that, mm -hmm. you know, and it'll be your chance, one chance in five. So, mm -hmm. so I, would, I expect we'll do that just as a fundraiser Absolutely. for the museum if we can. Anything to help, but it's a great fun way to to do it. And as I was saying, this car. In, eight, in 18, was driven sans, sans, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thing, <laughs> yeah. driven pun, on the sand. The pun is not quite not, intended. You but. Know, not even quite, but I ran into it. <laughs> this was Troves, the race of gentlemen in Wildwood, 
and the owner with with Gene Winfield took off the fenders, took mm -hmm. off the headlights, stripped it down, mm -hmm. and they went down to sand in it. And Gene Winfield, at the age of 92, was the driver. That's which is pretty cool. Which very, is pretty cool. Very. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So then he put the fenders back on it and brought it home. Mm. And I I believe that all the paint on the body is original, from back in '52 or '53. The fenders says a lot been, about the paint job. Yeah, you can see some flaws in it. Mm -hmm. uh, the fenders have been repainted. Uh, I guess they've been on and off the car a couple mm -hmm. times. Also, while we're standing here looking at it, we have a '55 Chrysler Imperial, and anybody that looks at it, we realize yes, it's a '55 because it's got the gear shift on mm -hmm. the on the dash. It doesn't have the push buttons of the '56. Mm -hmm. That car is unique in it has an all leather interior, and as I told you a little earlier. Some of the people that have ridden in it, have, in that, who've ridden in that specific car, are like David David Eisenhower and uh, Julie Nixon mm. Eisenhower mm -hmm. and Lee Iacocca. Wow. Was, Ike had uh, several of these cars at the White House, uh, so. And even has the "We Like Ike" on the front. It it's absolutely really cool. does. It's it has so the authentic. stickers. And to finish up, this black beauty over here, we know a little bit about. Yeah, but let's know, let's the, talk more about it. It's, this uh, this is my car. It's a '70. Uh, Hemi Cuda. Mm. It's a very, very late car. Spectacular. And, you know, it, as I said to you before, it's a, it lost its original motor early on, and, and so that's a bit of the history. The engine was taken out during the fuel crises of, of uh, 70. Uh, when I got it, it had a small block motor in it. Mm -hmm. I found this motor, which is a 74 motor. So the point is, it's a real Hemi car. It's an R code in the fifth digit. It's a real Hemi car. It's a low option car in that when new, it had an automatic transmission and a radio and bucket seats. Uh, you know, it didn't have, it had pie pan hubcaps. Uh, it, it didn't even have a sure rip rear. Mm. It was, it ended up being built with a standard uh, 323 ratio, eight and three quarter rear. Okay. And what happened with that is the owner ordered it in December of 69, and he ordered it with a Dana and didn't have enough of pull or didn't know how to get it. Uh, I think I think he would have actually, he could have gotten it if he had ordered, I think the Super Track Pack with 410, yeah. but he ordered it with 350 and couldn't get it. Mm. So sometime in May, he finally just said, oh, put a rear in it and ship it. Well, they put the standard rear in it and shipped it. You so. made it what you, I mean, you made it what you envisioned it should be. Yeah, and, it, and your envision, when people come in, Look for the stripe. It's going to be hard to see. It's a black car with a black stripe. Yep. And uh, you know. In the right, you got to get the right lighting and just kind of like. Absolutely. Even now, I'm kind of I'm having to. You, you know it's there. I you, know where to look. But yeah. You saw it in this in the I shop. I sure did. Yeah. I've met some people the other day, and I said, "You see the stripe?" And they said, "What?" <laughs> and the point about that, folks, is the stripe was an option, mm -hmm. but only in black. Mm. And there were only seven these seven of these cars. Mm. Uh, I personally think that if you're ordering a black car back in 1970, probably one of the last things that you would do uh, would put a stripe on it. Mm -hmm. The documentation I have on a car is the fender tag, and it does not list the stripe option. Okay. Nor does it list the, uh, the rally rim, since I know the car is not sure. a rally rim car. Sure. So, so I want a little more bling than that. I like and it. And I'm a black stripe. You know, you know oh, my car. Oh, I know. Yeah, all you're, all, I mean, you're, I know you're garage and your fleet so it's so yeah but i'm proud to have it here very good uh, and the other day just you see it it hadn't been there i have a red hemi fender cover i was gonna say it's a nice touch and it, I, I actually <laughs> went to jeff and said jeff is this okay with you uh -huh. i went to the curator of the collection and said stan is this okay with you yeah yeah well yeah it's got the hood up we all have that on well, there sure somebody's so, you were just over there wrenching on it so yep well, I got to tell you, Bill, this has been a great. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. You guys stayed here late for us. You've been it's been a long day for you. Um, and to the listeners, I absolutely encourage you. If you're anywhere in the Mid-Atlantic area, make a point if you can to come visit the AACA Museum. It's just a great group of people, yeah. and, and this display, this exhibit, is extraordinary. Yeah, we're located on a 39 in Hershey, mm -hmm. uh, just up the right road up 81, from yeah. right up 81. The digs is 72, 77. Pardon me. Uh, we're open nine to five, five mm -hmm. days a week, except mm -hmm. I guess we're not Christmas and, and not Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I don't know about New Year's, but mm -hmm. we're open, you know, it's nine to five. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we love people come by sure and we love to see them. And 
it's all you know, the display is all about the history uh, of the. These are uh, one-off. I mean, some of these are vehicles you will not see really anywhere else. That's true. And that uh, is not just uh, a marketing slogan. No, you guys no, it, it, really have something special. I just uh, go back over real quick. I mean, I was blown away by the, that sob. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I can't tell you. I would sure. argued about that for three months before <laughs> I finally got brought in the head and said, yeah. "Look, yeah. you know, look yeah, at yeah. it." So, so and and you know, just the, the support I've gotten from people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, EMR, EMMR loaned us these yeah. engines. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's it's just been great, and, and I really want people to see it. You uh, need it's to, just, yeah. it's just a unique a unique display. And the display runs it's, it's runs until April. Thank you. April the twenty fifth. It, it started in September, but sure. it runs runs until April. So, you know, hey, you want know, something to do? Come come see us. You got it. And uh, I think I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, bring the kids. You know, Everybody, they bring the whole crew. Might, yeah. So. Uh, well, Bill, thank you so very much. We'll, uh, we'll cl close this interview, but I encourage everyone to take the chance or take the time to come to AACA. Please do. Thank, thank you. you. We are back in Studio A in Carlisle. On behalf of the entire team at Cars of Carlisle, we hope you enjoyed learning more about the world of hemispherical head combustion engines. An enormous thank you goes out to Bill Sangri, Jeff Bleemeister, and all the great people at the AACA Museum. Thank you for always welcoming us and making us part of your family. So coming up after this special consideration segment, we will have the answer to all three questions for this week's trivia question. This is being, like I said, a special week, and we had two bonus questions. And take a minute here to thank our exclusive OEM automotive dealer sponsor, Porsche Mechanicsburg. Thank you so much to everyone at the Porsche Mechanicsburg team. In fact, if you are in the market for a Porsche, whether it be pre-owned or new, Please check out Porsche Mechanicsburg. They are located at 6625 Carlisle Pike in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, not too far from either Hershey or Carlisle. They are part of the Faulkner Automotive Group, which has been around since 1932. What we're excited about, and you've been hearing us talk about this over the last several months, is Porsche Mechanicsburg is building an incredible new state-of-the-art Porsche Center. It will be completed here uh, in the first quarter of 2021. And with that, they're going to have all kinds of events to be hosted and what have you. We're looking forward to being part of those. But what's uh, really great is just the uh, level of expertise at Porsche Mechanicsburg. The fact that their mechanics uh, have essentially PhDs in Porsche engineering and, and they are some of the finest and, and most highly trained in the world right here in central Pennsylvania. So for those uh, that may be in the market for a Cayenne, a Macan, a Porsche 911, which is the new 992 series, uh, a Porsche 718, a Panamera. Uh, be sure to check out our friends at Porsche Mechanicsburg. We'd like to thank them again for all that they do in support of this show. Okay, now you have been patient. It is time for those trivia question answers. Uh, here we are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat the question, give the answer, and then move on. Um, to the next question, answer, third question, and answer. Question number one and answer number one. Question is, what are the three characteristics of a hemispherical head engine? Well, part one, the combustion chamber is a portion of a sphere, technically half of a sphere. Uh, second characteristic, the intake and exhaust valves are inclined away from each other, opposingly. And characteristic number three, the spark plug is located in the center of the combustion chamber or on a line perpendicular to a line that establishes or has been established by um, the valve stems themselves. Question number two, this is your first bonus question. When was the first hemispherical engine vehicle and what brand of automobile was it in? Well, the answer is this, a typical answer is People would say maybe the 1951 DeSoto, but really the first Hemis were built in 1907 by Renault and Peugeot in France, and then in the United States by Welsh in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, what else we can share with you, and thanks to Bill for digging deep in all these, these great questions and answers he came up with. The Duesenberg Model A engine, which was built uh, by Lycoming of the aviation variety up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, that was in the early 1920s, was a true Hemi. That had a single overhead cam, inline, straight eight engine, uh, had two valves per cylinder, and the combustion chambers were truly uh, true portions of a sphere. And third question for this week, and your second bonus question, 
brought to you by Bill Sangri, and is this, what is the Hemi called in Europe? The answer to that is a cross flow head design. And with that, the dual overhead camshaft, inline four and six cylinder engines, typical of most European vehicles, uh, is truly well suited because of the candid valve design with the intake camshaft and the valves on one side of the engine. And then uh, comparatively, the exhaust camshaft and valves on the opposing or the other side of the engine. And the air pump like flow of the fuel air mixture into the engine and then the burnt exhaust gases out of the engine, well, that just overall requires less engine power. So it's more effective, more efficient, thus more power. So in addition, compared to cam in block designs, there are fewer moving parts typical of a dual overhead cam design, and that enables higher RPM levels with higher horsepower output, uh, and it gives you just better, better power, better results for the same displacement compared to something else. So uh, this was, you keep that in mind that, that that was very important obviously when vehicles were being taxed based on engine displacement size. Well, there you have it. Normal question and two bonus questions for this week. Special, uh, special gift, special treat. All right, my friends, we are approaching the proverbial finish line on this week's episode. As always, we so appreciate the support you give to us. Thank you for being part of this car community, part of this car culture. It means the world. And we are so grateful uh, that you keep coming back week after week. Please continue your support through PayPal, through ratings, sharing us, putting the word out there. That all helps. Until next week, I will leave you with drive well, be well, take care.